0: Alright, welcome to Talking Taker episode number 19. We are here on our exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I'm one half of your hosts, one of the creatures of the night here guiding you along this journey. And I am with my tag team partner. Travis White and Merry Christmas to you, my friend.
1: Oh, Merry Christmas to you as well. This is our Christmas special episode. This is and a... how great is that? In Your House Five is called season
0: Seasons Seeds. I mean, we started this podcast back in August, uh, about five months ago now. Just kind of on a whim, we talked about it for a few weeks and just decided to dive into it with no planning whatsoever. Oh. And somehow, this, the fates have aligned with a Christmas-themed pay-per-view for the episode that drops right at christmas man. it's a christmas you, miracle Lord.
1: it is a christmas miracle from the man who yeah. walks with the angels <laughs> it all works together yeah it's so good yeah we could We seriously though we couldn't have planned that better i remember telling you about a month ago hey dude i looked at the calendar season's is dropping right before christmas it's
0: fantastic <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah merry christmas to those of you happy hanukkah happy festivus happy holidays
0: absolutely happy holidays happy to everybody Uh, We're glad you're joining with us, and and you've made us a part of the past few months, and you're making us a part of the Christmas season. I know there's a lot of podcasts to listen to, and probably a lot of them putting out Christmas episodes. I'm I'm sure the Pritchard shows are are all, you know, and Conrad Thompson shows, they've all got all sorts of episodes. So we thank you for making time for us, uh, making time for Talk & Taker, all of our fans and, and followers and subscribers out there. We're thankful for you guys this Christmas season. Uh, we do appreciate it, and we're looking forward to spending all of uh, 2018 with you guys as well. Roll, rolling through all of the episodes we'll have uh, every Friday for you in 2018.
1: Absolutely, we can't Absolutely. wait. Absolutely.
0: Um, well, yeah. You know, just speaking of Christmas, you know, we, this is a pretty short match, so um, we yeah. might not have a ton of six stuff minutes. to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Six-minute match, but uh, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun, Travis. You know, we've known each other. Since the sixth grade, for so for uh, almost 20 years now, we've known each other uh, as friends. A lot of Christmases together. Uh, you've gotten me a lot of great Christmas presents over the years. And, uh, you know, I, I've been asking for wrestling-themed Christmas presents for about as long as I've ever watched wrestling. And, you know, the, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have gotten a lot of wrestling-related Christmas presents throughout the years. So I asked on twitter and on facebook earlier this week like what are what are y'all's what of our listeners favorite wrestling related christmas presents and and some people sent in some good stuff so i thought i'd ask you my friend and i'll share mine here uh after you share yours what is like your favorite memory of a wrestling related christmas present you've ever gotten
1: all right so you and i pretty much always get each other something wrestling related that's true um so that uh, aside, my favorite wrestling related gift from Not You would probably be, not probably, definitely be my six-foot-tall wrestling dummy that my aunt stitched me. Um, good heavens, she, um, she basically took a pair of black jeans, a black long sleeve shirt and stitched them together and put socks on them and, and he, she filled the guy with just a bunch of stuffing and uh, you know he had sleeves he had had gloves on his hands he had a head he just sewed on and um, put an NWO shirt on him too so this was in 98 probably no it had been in Christmas 97 or 98 yeah so um, uh, but it was like 6 foot tall wrestling dummy that I mean I know I wore the life out of you and I together in handicap matches tag team matches
0: triple threat matches
1: triple threats we wore the life out of this dude I wish I wish he was still around my parents' attic, but I know we've gotten rid of him. But uh, that, I mean, who would have thought? It probably took her, you know, <laughs> six bucks to make it, and, like, I got years of fun out of that. We, we both did. So, yeah, it was, that's probably my favorite wrestling-related, you know, thing uh, that I got for Christmas because that, that was, man, I missed that thing. That <laughs> now thing was amazing. Old, I missed that, so.
0: Uh, I was, I, I, when, when you first told me that you got it, I thought, was a little weird, but then I was also really jealous, too, <laughs> because yeah. it was basically a, a giant wrestling buddy, and, yeah. you know, y'all, everybody remembers wrestling buddies, and that's on my list of favorite wrestling gifts. I got a Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy when I was, oh. uh, I guess I was six or seven, I don't know, those original wrestling buddies, yeah. and man, I, I loved that thing. I got... Uh, the same amount of enjoyment out of that is so it's so weird when you say it out loud but yeah just totally fine when you're a kid totally normal but just to say something different because that was one of my two things you know uh, obviously we we usually get each other wrestling dvds or 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 t-shirts or something like that you got me a box of bootios for my birthday this year uh still haven't eaten yet uh no maybe wrestlemania uh that's coming up maybe i'll
1: open it up but I might have pancakes by then. Yeah, there
0: you go. Um, a lot of great wrestling figures I've gotten, uh, but my favorite, one of my favorites, I think, was probably around the same time, 98-ish, uh, maybe 98, 99. I don't remember what year it came out, but the WWF Titantron well, Live. T-
1: the Titantron? Yes. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. The
0: Titantron <laughs> entryway for the Jacks yes. wrestling figures, where... The figures had a little sensor on the bottom of their feet where you put them on the Titan Tron entryway and their music would play or part of it and a wow. video would show up.
1: Now, entry the Titan Tron! <laughs> <laughs> you want to start something? It all starts with Titan Tron Live. Hit the stage in Titan Tron Live It's the lights, blast the pictures, and rocks
0: the WWF Superstar theme song. Through the road before they go through the over. That's the coolest thing to me back then. And I was so excited to open it up and to get it and to and to have the figures to play with that. Because I was a huge action figure person. I still have somewhere notebooks of the match results and of my wrestling figure <laughs> federation. And you know, I'm I'm so jealous yeah. of the kids now that have just all the stuff I ever wanted as a kid back then where you can change the ring skirts and you can change the ring ropes and you can do all this awesome stuff with the arena and the figures are so much better now, but that was the first really, really awesome, amazing thing. I always wanted to have an entryway and make my action figure arena look as realistic as possible. Uh, So to get that just blew my mind and I used the heck out of it.
1: I remember calling you that Christmas afternoon we used to call each other after, you know, we did our gifts and stuff, and I remember you telling me you got that, and I was just, like, so excited, probably jealous as well, but I remember coming over to your house and playing with that, golly. Yeah. That was so cool because, again, this is 98, I think. Oh, you know, yeah. 99.
0: It was mind-blowing. That was
1: really cutting edge. Yeah. Dude. I mean, the fact you could put Stone Cold's feet on the Titan drawing and all of a sudden you hear the glass break and he walks out. That was just – because I remember before that. I used to put WWF Volume Three in my CD player. Exactly. And play the, and cue their music up and play it as I'm in my, my uh God, leave me sound like Cliff Marks. <laughs> I clearly <to> quit talking.
0: <laughs> we do, uh, you know, just just to add to that, I, did you did you see during the match uh, as Mabel is coming out, we get a promo from Todd Pentengill the advertise or Doc, Doc Hendricks. Excuse Doc me. Hendrix. advertising Wrestlemania the arcade game coming out for Christmas that year which I'm pretty sure I got it for Christmas that year because I definitely had it for Super Nintendo but did you you hear how much these video games
1: cost? This is what I want to talk about okay he says Allow me to help you with a little bit of Christmas shopping. Right now, let me show you the WrestleMania arcade game. Here is the Super NES version, only $64.99. The Genesis Sega version, $54.99. And the Sony PlayStation, $54.99. But now... You know this is so hard to get in stores. I went to 10 of them. They're all out. Okay, let me show you what we're going to do We're going to throw an absolutely free a $15 value the video that tells you the Strategies and the secret codes how you can beat the game something that the stores won't do for you And you know how you can get this call 1-800-TITAN-91 I guess the next thing to do is let's get ready for a casket match says There's sixty-four ninety nine for Super Nintendo and fifty four ninety nine for Sega Genesis and playstation however the graphics that flash up on the screen say, sixty nine ninety nine for Super Nintendo, sixty four ninety nine for Sega, and fifty four ninety nine for PlayStation. Which why is the PlayStation the cheapest? Right. It's on a CD. But anyway, regardless, this is nineteen ninety five, and the games <laughs> are at least sixty dollars. Yes. Let's fast forward now. It's two thousand seventeen. I just bought my brother a video game for Christmas. He's not listening to this. It doesn't matter. Um, it costs sixty bucks. Uh, PS4 so we can talk about inflation all we want one thing that hasn't gone up is video games video games have not gone up at all but they were expensive as heck in 1995 oh yeah 64.99 for
0: okay? a Super Nintendo game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could not believe that when he said that I was like what in the world but it did come if you ordered it from them you got the free VHS tape strategy guide that you okay, couldn't get so- in the stores
1: so, oh, okay, so if I'm having trouble with my doink match, I've got to put the VHS in and then fast forward to like fast forward to doinks like help me. But what if like I want to be big boss and I got to rewind the VHS like how useless is that? <laughs> it can't be cool. Different but times if you, you listeners. If you listeners have that or have had that, please tweet us a picture, man. It is the WrestleMania uh arc I guess it was an arcade game on the, the console. Game. Yeah, but it was the VHS strategy guide. Oh, I've watched loved.
0: it. I rented it from Video to Go. One hundred percent. I've seen the no. whole thing.
1: Awesome, awesome. So, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that. Those games were super expensive, but I but I remember that because I was talking to somebody a few months ago about how games are, are expensive, but they but they are they're less expensive now compared to what they were when we were kids because they were still sixty bucks back then. Yeah. So. Cause I remember saving up my allowance money and buying WCW NWO World Tour in 1997. It's my first wrestling game I I bought. I remember saving up sixty bucks and going to Walmart and getting that. And like, that drained me, man. 60 oh bucks yeah, of course it did. 1997 was a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I want to talk about that later on. But we let's go ahead and talk about this. So, that's awesome.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, we are talking about In Your House 5, 1995, Seasons, Beatings. Uh, I love the little taglines for these yeah. In Your House pay-per-views. And it's our first In Your House that we're getting yeah, to. Um, In
1: Your House 5. So it's the first one that Undertaker's been on officially. So this one, okay, this is from Hershey, Pennsylvania.
0: So yeah. This is
1: our third pay-per-view out of the last four that's from Pennsylvania. How crazy is that?
0: Yeah, you brought that up uh, back at SummerSlam, which is the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they are... Hitting up, yeah, the same, the same I state. You know, I guess they're different markets. But I was thinking, you know, they'll do that in New York. Sometimes they'll be in Brooklyn, yeah. and then they'll go to uh, Nassau or something like that. They might, they might hit that. But it's, yeah, it's super weird to be all. And, and I guess the WWF was more focused towards the the North, the uh, Northeast, definitely at right. that time. So um, yeah, I don't know. Just just a weird little thing.
1: Yeah. So, it was, I was, again, I just wanted to point that out because I pointed it out last time. So, lots of Pennsylvania, lots of Quaker state
0: here. Yeah, so. and it just goes to show, again, the change of the business. We've talked about mm-hmm. Nitro coming into the picture and giving WF some competition. And this is the fifth in your house. So, we, we are, like, officially in the monthly pay-per-view era. So, yeah. the, you know, these first first part of this podcast that we've been doing has been, you know, we've flown through five years really quickly because there's only three or four pay-per-views every year and undertaker's not even on all of them but now you know we're gonna we're gonna be in 1996 for a long time because he's on almost all of those pay-per-views and and this just the saturation of the business is is getting more and more and when we're focused more on pay-per-view rather than house shows or tv or anything like that the pay-per-view is going to be the big moneymaker so uh, just again, we're not just talking about the evolution of a character. This is the evolution of the wrestling business that we're getting to chart yeah. here,
1: and his place in that too. But yeah, absolutely, because it's great to see all this stuff grow and how it's changed since we first started, you know, 19 episodes ago. So, um, but getting into the match, um, or let's get a yeah, let's talk bit, about the build up. Yeah, a little build up of that because again, Kama and Taker f- faced off, or no, wait a minute,
0: Mabel, Mabel and Taker. Mabel.
1: Mabel and Taker faced off at King of the Ring, and Kama interfered, and that, right. and that led to, to that stuff. So, um, you know, and we talked about in our last episode that Mabel, you know, he kind of chickened away from the end of the Survivor Series match and never got his come up as from the Undertaker from breaking his face and putting him in a uh, adhesion, or what What's it, call, it called? Yeah, the
0: adhesion on
1: his face. <laughs> adhesive. Yeah, adhesive. Um, adhesion. Yeah, uh, an adhesive. Adhesion. So let's rewind a little bit to, to um, the... Um, Raw on November 27th, and it's supposed to be Undertaker versus Kama again, um, but I just wrote, nope, because Kama comes out on crutches in his um, acid-washed elastic waistband. His
0: acid-washed sweatpants. He's got on <laughs> yeah. yeah denim sweatpants.
1: Denim sweatpants. Oh, yeah. man, he man, was, was looking so great. But, yeah, it's so great. I love it. But Vince isn't buying it. He's like, you know, he's not really hurt, but... DiBiase says that he bought a replacement and he bought Sir Mo, which that doesn't age well he bought a guy I'll just let that one fly it doesn't
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah why does Ted DiBiase always buy black guys (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. well at least he didn't come out with like guys with nooses around their neck That's true. with a white plantation owner so
0: yeah
1: anyway but this definitely doesn't you know age well but anybody's got a price for a million dollar man so sure enough comments faking the injury and uh, and
0: involved Moe's looking thick, too. Oh, crap. oh, man.
1: Yeah, he looks like he swallowed himself. <laughs> he is big. He is big, man. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, Kamala gets involved. He's faking the injury like we thought. And, um, but I don't beats Mo with the chokeslam. And I wrote that. Did you see? Did you watch this match?
0: Uh, I just like fast forwarded through it. Did yeah. you see
1: his cell when he got chokeslammed? He sells like Devon Dudley does. Like when Devon. Oh, D. he did the... like a, He did like the, like the jittery leg and shaking on the ground. Yeah, like, you know, kind of convulsing. Like uh, most people where Devon got it from, I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's just a heavy set black guy thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he sells like Devon, and uh, Mabel tries to take the urn chain away. Um, the The, urn the, the chain, remnants
0: of the urn.
1: Remnants of. That's a good name for a, uh, a an album. Ooh, it could be. I, I might record an album called The Remnants of the Urn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. It, it's hanging on the ring post, right?
0: Yeah. Kama brought it, it out there and has draped yeah. it over the ring post.
1: Remnants, Remnants of the Urn, again, good, great name for an album or song title. If you're like Alter Bridge or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's hanging on the ring post because Kama, <laughs> had, or able to put it there, I think, and... Uh, Mabel tries to take it, but Undertaker gets it back, and, and Vince puts over how awesome it is that Undertaker has his power back. Vince is like a giddy schoolgirl. He's oh. so excited that Undertaker's got his power back. Hey, wait, oh, no, you don't. a possession of the Undertaker now. You can feel the power of the Undertaker now. Once again, possessing the remnant of the earth. Paul
0: Bearer, too. Paul Bearer like <laughs> oh. kisses it and smells it and just loves it. <laughs>
1: I wish we, could, yeah, I wish we could put video clips in this, because just watching him go, go nuts when he gets his little baby back—he's so excited. Yeah, he he's selling it so hard. But then of course Mabel attacks him from behind and robs the urn chain away from him. So yet again we have the storyline of the stolen urn, which is just—it's just. It's just at this point, it's kind of lazy, but it like, is. It works, you know. It does if work.
0: It's, it's evergreen, and yeah, yeah. But like, how many times have we seen this over the past <laughs> yeah. few uh, few Four feuds? Years. Yeah, I'm just I, again the the urn has been stolen. Uh, here we go again. Undertaker trying to get it back, and this this whole angle is just it's a little weird because um, yeah. Um, I mean, Yokozuna comes out here too and, and distracts yeah. the Undertaker and so you've got you know ted dibiase and kama who are one uh, faction and then you've got yokozuna who's with jim Cornette, so this is a separate faction and, and guy who f- has feuded with the undertaker then you've got mabel and moe who are their own little thing and all these guys are working together sort of i guess to to feud yeah. with undertaker and take him down but they're not really connected and I don't know, it's, it's all kind of jumbled together. I didn't really like it. I didn't think it made a lot of sense. Going back and watching it, you know, 22 right. years later, but um, I get, you know that we're we're moving forward. I guess to try to get to uh, Mabel and Undertaker and, and add a little more spice to this feud to keep it going, which I, I do appreciate that that this feud's been going on since June, and you just June. don't yeah. see those slow burns of a feud anymore. So you know, kudos to them for for trying to make it last without having all these different matches against Undertaker and Mabel. They haven't fought all that many times. Uh, So I guess kudos for that. All right, so um, we're going to try to put this back together. We got disconnected over on Skype. Um, In case you guys don't know, we're in two different states recording this. We Skype each other. Uh, We we usually try to bang out two of these episodes back-to-back because of our schedules. So so we try to get a couple of, of <clears throat> a couple episodes ahead, but we're on Skype, and uh, Travis and I are actually going to see each other for in uh, in real life here uh, soon. We haven't seen each other in a couple months, but uh, we'll see each other here and for a Need to Breathe concert. Maybe uh, the Remnants of the Urn. they they they, they can ha- play that. That can be, yeah, what they headline on. But, uh, yeah, we, we cut out here on Skype, so we're going to try to edit this back together. But, anyway, we're talking about the build-up for the match, and uh, one week has... Undertaker and um, trying to Undertaker getting back the remnants of the urn, and then Mabel stealing them back again very quickly. And the next week, we have interestingly enough uh, our, someone who we haven't visited on this show in a long time, and that's Brother Love. Thank you, brothers and the Brother Love yeah. show makes a really strange comeback and appearance, very briefly, and late 95, early 96, WWF. And Brother Love mentions, uh, before he brings out his guest, King Mabel, that he is the man that brought The Undertaker into the WWF. I appreciate
1: that continuity. I appreciate that he said that. Because we're
0: about to get a huge lapse in continuity in in Mabel's promo as he comes out. Um, this This really bugged me. He comes out, and he says,
1: Not only was I the first man, to ever pin The Undertaker's shoulders to the mat for the one, two, three. But I was also the first man to put him out of action. And I will also be the first man to single-handedly stuff him in his own casket. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, indeed. And this is in the video package before the match as well, that he was the first person to ever pin The Undertaker's shoulders to the mat. Which, nope, that was Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: He says he was the first person to ever put him, put the Undertaker out of action, which also, no, that was Yokozuna uh, back at World Rumble 94. And then he says he's gonna be the first person to put him inside of a casket and close the lid, which again, also, no, that was (laughs) Yokozuna. And you remember who else who slammed the lid on the casket?
1: Oh, did
0: Bam Bam slam the lid? Bam Bam, yeah. He got yeah. on top of it and closed the yeah. lid on there. So Mabel claims he's done these other firsts and that he's going to do this first at their casket match at In Your House 95, and all of it is just not true. and Bull crap. Yeah, which is, you know, it's fine for a heel to lie and, and to say that, but Mr. Man doesn't even call him out on it and say, hey, that's right. not true, which... I guess they don't want to bring up Hulk Hogan at this point in time. They're trying to erase him from history, but still, it was just egregious. I hated it.
1: Yeah. It was. Yeah, I wrote all those things down, but I, I kind of forgot about them. Um, Yokozuna being the one that, or Bam Bam being the one that closed the lid, so
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah Mabel was all wrong. His promo wrong. was like a kid in acting class. <laughs> trying to give a speech it was really bad it's and bad. I do not feel bad saying that because you and I both did theater sure uh in high school and stuff and beyond that a little bit so it's just you know I don't feel bad criticizing his acting it was terrible it is
0: terrible and this segment's terrible but it, it is funny to go back it's, it's kind of worth going back to watch because it is just yeah oh yeah WWF at its cheesiest in 1995. Brother Love says get... he has a gift for King Mabel, and we see a druid rolling a casket out, and, and Mabel is freaking out. He hates it, he's so scared. The druid reveals it
1: because of the outfit.
0: Yeah, right. Just saying. <laughs> the the black hooded <laughs> figure. True. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, well it turns out it's Sir Mo as the Druid, and the casket has been desecrated with spray paint. Just Yeah, terrible
1: graffiti. Graffiti. Um, I do want to say this. I wrote that the druid is unmasked as Sir Mo, and I just wrote, "No one cares." Nope. (laughs) The crowd did not care. I don't remember where those were filmed. Maybe Richmond or something. Nobody cared. Well, they're in the dark.
0: I think I don't think they knew. (laughs) Sir Mo is not like the most recognizable character or figure. I'm not sure that they knew it was him.
1: Nobody uh, care. But anyway, yeah, but this, it's the uh, giant urn that has the, you know, Undertaker decals and stickers all over it and the rest in peace. The one we've seen, you know, in the last several years. The but giant yeah, casket. It's got, yeah, casket. Yeah, excuse me. What did I say? Urn. You yeah, said urn, excuse yeah. Excuse me. Freudian slip. Uh, not sure what that means. But anyway, <laughs> it's got graffiti all over it. It's got, you know, spray paint and everything. This is precursor to the NWO, you know, spray painting the belts. So. Yep,
0: yep. Yeah. It was a good heel move. And- yeah. Sure. We just said, you know, stealing the urn is cliche. We've seen that so many times now. So this was actually a nice little twist, I think. That Yeah,
1: nobody's vandalized the urn. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: geez, the <laughs> casket. <laughs> it's late, man. It's late. It's okay. <laughs> With, uh, yeah, they vandalized the casket, stolen the casket away from the Undertaker's wood shop. Man, he needs to get better security out there.
1: For real. He does. Um,
0: so, yeah, a, a little bit different. And uh, that brings us... To the pay-per-view, season's beatings, in your house, 95. Um, it's, uh, uh, la, la, la. yeah, we get a video package before the match kind of recapping all of that. And uh, we see um, Paul Bearer, and Paul Bear and Mabel both kind of cut promos uh, in yeah. that video package, too. So that was nice little nice little bit in there. Um, and Not this yet. is...
1: Go ahead. Tiger says, image of my face will be burned in your soul for eternity. Yeah, another <laughs> dark line. A little, a little glance toward the camera so they can zoom in on this, you know, because he's still wearing that hideous mask at this point. So, um,
0: Still wearing the mask, and this is going to be, um, you know, we've mentioned the last casket match, which we just got back at SummerSlam. The casket just appeared at ringside. Well, this is right. the first time anyone besides Paul Bearer has rolled the casket that we've yeah. seen. Because we've seen Paul Bearer bring out the casket for every other casket or coffin match besides that one. And now Sir Moe is rolling it out with the remnants of the urn on top of it. So kind of a, a cool little turnabout there. Twist, um, yeah. Yeah, twist on there.
1: And then this is the point where they cut Doc Hendricks in the back selling, yeah, the, selling the video game. Can you imagine if on a pay-per-view now... As a you know, a big match with somebody like this, and they just cut to the back with you know uh, Gallows and Anderson shilling the <laughs> WWE Shop.com. They're like the internet, the Twitterverse would explode. They would get so mad. They would. Um, but here it was great. I don't care. <laughs> it was
0: fine. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? It's Mabel. Yeah. Big deal. Um, Paul Bearer comes out. He's screaming uh, that.
1: It's, it's, it's all over! It's all over! We both did that at the same time. Yeah. But,
0: uh, Man, or I—I I, I think the King, but we got Vince and the King on commentary back yeah. again. And King calls Undertaker the death of the party. That's his one-liner yeah, for the Undertaker does. tonight. <laughs>
1: there he is, the death of the party. So,
0: and he wonders if Paul Bear is going to get stuffed into the casket as well as the Undertaker. If we're going to get a twofer, which was a little uh, little, little foreshadow. Foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you hear what he said? He asked what the Undertaker would like to get for Christmas. What did he say? A new face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I laughed at that. It's, so, it's like a dad joke. Right? Oh, of it's, course. Just so it's a king it's
0: so joke. so good, though. Because he's right. So. Yep. So. so, yeah, we'll just dive into it. There's not much to talk about here. It's Like you eh. said, it's about six minutes long. Uh, Mabel runs away as soon as the light comes, lights come up, but uh, ends up being the first one to attack uh, The Undertaker here. And, uh, yeah,
1: and in his, in his little pre-match promo, he talks about, how he, or no, on, on Brother Love's show, he talks about how he wasn't scared. Right. I'm not scared of you, even though I, you know, I bailed during Survivor Series. I'm not scared of you. And then at the beginning of this match, yeah, Undertaker kind of hops over the top to get Sir Mo, because Sir Mo is dangling the urn in front of his face, like, taunting him. He leaves, and, you know, Abel backs off before. Then he attacks him from behind, like, every other Undertaker match. Exactly. Cheap shot from
0: Because so. he's a heel. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So, Taker hits his uppercuts that he usually does, and hits his Stinger Splash in the corner. Um, yeah, we gotta get a different name for that. We gotta get a better name for the Undertaker's version of the Stinger Splash, but I, I can't come up with it yet. So, if yeah, anybody, anybody on Twitter or Facebook or anything knows, can come up with a good name for the Undertaker's Stinger Splash, we wanna we wanna hear it.
1: I don't remember. I mean, like I said, when we pointed it out the first time, I didn't remember him doing it this much. Right. That's awesome. Oh, cool. again. That's one of my favorite most things. Things my favorite, and so seeing Undertaker do it is awesome. So, right, I love it. I did too. Yeah, we'll, th- we'll think it's something cool for it to call it, or not cool. We'll just say it anyway. So,
0: <laughs> we get all the generic stuff. Mabel takes over. He hits. Uh, well, he hits a, a big like boss man slam, and yeah. Undertaker sits up. He hits a big clothesline, and then Undertaker sits up. He Hits a big body slam, and the Undertaker. Sits up. The
1: second rope splash after that, and he misses. Yeah, he sits up as he comes down for the second rope splash. And yeah, or, or he sits up and he misses that. And the crowd pops every time he sits up.
0: Oh, oh. yeah, he just can't oh. put him away. Uh, finally, Sir Moe interferes and, and Mabel takes over for a few minutes with his belly-to-belly and the face-breaker leg drop. Yep.
1: Rest uh, in peace. Rest in peace, a chance from the crowd. I wonder, I, I didn't see if Paul Bear was orchestrating those or not. But, I'm sure
0: he was. Yeah. And I just don't remember the fans doing that as much, but we've seen I it in a few matches. It's really cool.
1: I like yeah. it. Let's do it. Uh, if he ever comes back for another match, get the crowd to do that. We'll start it.
0: Yeah, we'll start it <laughs> up. Hell yeah. And, and then something absolutely ridiculous happens, and that's that Undertaker <laughs> is out, and little Sir Mo picks up the undertaker puts the undertaker over his shoulder and carries him around the ring and drops him into the casket i was Uh, appalled at this little uh, five foot six sir mo just hoists up the undertaker and puts him on the shoulder like what
1: it didn't make any sense because again they built up taker to have his resurgence you know he's come and clean clean the house literally according to vince a man that survivor series and he was getting power back and yeah you're right mo just scoops him up on his shoulder like he's a baby and puts him in the casket and Mike. You see mike Kyoto in his mullet Referee oh yeah mike yeah oh yeah so, but I, yeah. yeah you're right it's just it, it was i was appalled too man i can't That's, believe
0: undertaker let him do that that was just I know.
1: weird from a character standpoint it was weird you know but maybe that maybe he was like well you know, I'm going over though in this match. That's true.
0: That's a good point.
1: <laughs> I'm stuffing both of them in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he makes the same mistake that a few other people have made, and he doesn't shut the lid to the casket.
1: I, what? It's what? like he these have never seen a casket. I match. know. I know. You've got. You just put them in there, and you just slam it. That's, That's all it. you do. I could but have instead, won. he throws them in there. And then he comes back to the ring, the opposite side of the ring, and hands Mabel the crown and doesn't close the lid. And then Mabel goes to shut it, but Taker stops it. And, of course, he's back in the ring behind him. Um, And, yeah, because he goes to shut it and he turns around, turns his back to it and walks away like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I won. And then he doesn't see Taker's behind him. And uh, Erdiger tries to take him down, finally gets him down with a running, diving clothesline, and then a huge... Chokeslam. Yep,
0: gets him up That's off it. his feet.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, Mabel did his part for that to make it look good, so.
0: Yeah, I wrote that uh, Mabel sucks, but uh, he's having a good time in this match. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know? oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I exactly. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. He puts the crown on, and he's dancing, and he's he's bumping, yeah. and he's selling for The Undertaker, you know.
1: He's not King Kong Bundy in this match. No, not sure. at all. Definitely not. But he is hokey when he's trying to, like, when. <laughs> Yeah. It's like guns, Giant Gonzalez. It reminds me of Giant Gonzales matches when Undertaker's, you know, trying to close line him repeatedly, and he's, you know, wiggling his arms around like, whoa, 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 you can't knock me <laughs> over. Like, it's kind of lame, but he does it. But, yeah, he's having a great time, you know. fights because he's in there with Undertaker, so. Yeah. But anyway. But, yeah, after that big chunk slam then he, Undertaker rolls, rolls him, Mabel, into the casket, right?
0: Well, he hits it. A... Oh. Mabel's stand in, and Undertaker hits a big boot, and basically just kicks yeah. him down, and, and Mabel falls into the casket. Out of that,
1: yeah, that's right. And then, um, yeah, and then, so yeah, he kicks him in there, and then he puts Mo in. Yeah, Mo uh, runs and, in and the ring, and chokeslam's him too.
0: And so, tr- yeah, yeah. He, he brings the remnants of the urn in there, and yep. uh, yeah, Undertaker chokes him with the remnants of the urn. And slaps him with the goozle, as Vincent Man calls it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I thought it
1: was an internet term, but no, Vincent Man says calls it. Calls it the goozle. Google.
0: and all this while King is on commentary, screaming, "Raise up, Mabel! Raise up, Mabel!" <laughs> I don't know why he said that, but uh, like he's like raising him from the dead. I don't know. Uh, and then yeah, like you said, Mo gets put in the can uh, the coffin again so that was then, cool
1: yeah then we have the return of the cough the, ca- the coffin cam yeah not a casket cam the coffin cam. just for that it one little shot like six seconds yep you see undertaker because undertaker climbs in the casket with him he grabs the remnants of the urn the the uh necklace and he holds it high man he, he holds her way high out of the casket and uh in the in the ring and then he slams the lid because that's what you do. That's you what slam you the lid when you put your opponent in there.
0: Vince go, wasn't huh? sure though. He's he's like, can he close it? Can <laughs> he close the lid? Trying to sell the drama of yeah. it. Like I think he can. <laughs> he just yeah. has to grab it.
1: Yeah, not that hard. So, and luckily this match is over in six minutes and eleven seconds.
0: Yes, so. another Christmas gift for us. Uh, short and <laughs> sweet. And I mean that's pretty much the end of Men on a Mission of, of Mabel and Moe. They would make a couple more appearances. Um, they're at the Royal Rumble in '96, um, and also Diesel would end up beating Mabel on the first Raw of 1996 in just eight seconds. So, you know, Mabel's push his ex- the Mabel experiment ends very very quickly, and I think Mabel knew uh, he appreci- he appreciated you know that he got a chance to run with it, but and then he's putting Six everybody out. Then. Yeah, he had a run on top for a little while, and. He knows his place. He's putting everybody out uh, on the way out of the territory, and um, yeah, he he has no problem putting Undertaker over short and sweet, and letting Undertaker you know totally go over and squash him oh, in yeah. this moment.
1: So yeah, there was no like you know controversy there. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's returning he the favor. Both
1: the guys in there. Yeah, but again, this makes Undertaker look strong. Uh, he does the pose after the after the um, match is over with the necklace in the air, and then he he gives it to Paul Bear, and again he celebrates like his. You know, the prodigal son has just returned, his long lost baby. He's like a kid on Christmas morning. He is, man. He really is. It's awesome. He's so excited. But then, then Undertaker starts signaling to his waist. He starts making the, you know, the classic, you know, cut his arms around his waist and, you know, moving them back and forth like I'm coming for the WWF championship or title, as they call it at this
0: point. He does the discount double check. (laughs) (laughs) As it's known. Yes.
1: Discount double check. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, commentary points it out. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, like, they, oh, he's signaling he wants to come for the WWF title. He's,
0: so. They make a point to note that he finally has all of his power back now yeah. that he has the remnants of the urn. And, yeah, like, like we've said, we've, we've seen Undertaker slide down the card at, at the beginning of the year against the IRS and like, the second match on the show. And now we've raised all the way back at the end of the year to where he's he's calling out the champion, uh, the WWF champion, Bret Hart, and asking for a title shot in a, in a symbolic way, which I didn't remember. I didn't remember him doing that at the end of this match. I, I got kind of excited when I saw that. I thought that yeah, was uh, pretty neat um, little way to build up to it. Um, well, and, and the I crowd's getting we were excited.
1: headed with January and then WrestleMania, but I couldn't remember how we got there. So, yeah, seeing that at the end of this match was like a little, you know, like a little cherry on top, man, for me. I was excited, too.
0: And, and then Somebody on commentary I don't know who Says that's not a promise That's a threat What he's giving yeah. out To Bret Hart So Yeah, yeah. They're, they're selling it Like this is a big deal That we're, we're shooting up To a potential Undertaker Bret Hart Matchup
1: Right And then after that There's a WWF um, In your house extra Now was this on The pay-per-view Or was it just on The Coliseum video Or did, could you tell or? Yeah I'm not sure It so seemed like that something
0: one? That maybe it was just On the Coliseum video But
1: uh, I don't know I don't know because the way, like, it seemed like that, but the commentary afterward made it sound like it was part of the show. Right. The live broadcast. So I don't know. But anyway, it's a WWF In Your House extra pops up, and Todd Peggengill's backstage, and he informs us. He's with Paul Bear and Undertaker, he informs us that Undertaker is the number one contender, and will challenge Bret Hart at Royal Rumble for the title. And um, Paul Bear is sure to thank Miss, Mr. Monsoon. He calls him. <laughs> I'd like to thank Mr. Monsoon for the opportunity. <laughs> that we've all been waiting for yes this is like this is a dream come true or something but he does say that the fans have been wondering when undertaker's going to get a chance again because it's been forever
0: yeah it's been five
1: years yeah four years I guess it's
0: been four years since he's been champion it's been uh, almost two years since he's had a title shot so yeah yeah Yeah.
1: this is this is big and then here we go we got tweener diesel comes in you know um he, and he said, no, it's his shot. And I said, y'all you beat Mabel. That's just, you, you know, you get the next <laughs> shot. So, no. And he calls Paul Bear Gomez. So, yeah, Gomez Adams. <laughs> great, so. And he sits there face-to-face with Taker. And sets their matchup at WrestleMania. So, I'm sure we'll touch on this on episode 20 as well. But, you know, it's kind of cool. You mentioned how Diesel's kind of a tweener after that match in Survivor Series. And, it, 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 yeah, and here he is kind of turning heelish a little bit more. And But, again, we got couple more stops in the road before we get to Diesel and Taker but it's cool to see them building this stuff up setting seeds you know months and months in advance you know cause
0: yeah I didn't remember that um and yeah Diesel's starting to get that build and yeah we're, we're gonna see this matchup at Wrestlemania uh but first we gotta we're gonna see Undertaker versus Bret Hart at Royal Rumble so yeah they're they're, they're building both of those matchups up at the same time, same time. and yeah. making Undertaker again uh the main focus of everything he he's at play in both of these big matchups that are coming up. And uh man, you missed Paul Bear's just epic uh put down of because he's oh, Diesel runs in. Yet. Go ahead, go ahead and say it. <laughs> And Paul Bear says,
1: oh, that's not Cool. You haven't been very cool lately. In fact you lose your colour off, um, so good. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and, um, and and Undertaker uh, Diesel's about to say something to Paul Bear and Undertaker steps in and Undertake, Diesel, <clears throat> Diesel says, "Undertaker, you've been ducking people a lot lately." And he's like, "I don't duck any challenges." And uh, they yeah. Yeah, they have a like a thirty second long stare down to end the show, and it's intense, man. Uh, yeah. You've got okay. two big superstars, the guy two who's been carrying too. the company. Yeah, two big guys, the guy who's been carrying the company for the past year, and you know the phenom, the 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 dead man, the biggest star in the company, arguably. We're we're finally getting teased with that matchup, and uh, you know something to look forward to here in nineteen ninety
1: six. Well, yeah, because as we you know as we do this podcast, we're talking about how the business changes too, and you know Undertaker is he was not part of the quote unquote new generation. He was here, you know, five six years five years before this, you know. So Diesel's the face of the new generation. They always keep saying it. So now you're getting to see you know someone who's from the Hulk Hogan era, from the you know, um, Randy Savage era, you know, who, who fought with, with Ric Flair, you know, in 91, 92, um, you know, seeing somebody, you know, Undertaker, from from, the, from that part of WWF history, now he's in the new era, he's going to go with the big dog from the new era, you know, so that's kind of cool to see, and then, you know, just as his, his character changes and as he goes into the, you know, next stage of his career, because, yeah, he's back on top. Last chapter closed. 95, thank God, is over, and we're heading into 96. And lots of gold dust of mankind to look forward to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and some. Hope you guys are ready. Yeah, uh, some really good matches to look forward to, for sure. And uh, a couple more stinkers along the way, no doubt about it. But it should be fun. Uh, We've enjoyed the past five years, and we'll dive into 2018 uh, by kicking off with 1996 with Royal Rumble, 96. uh, A sort of a forgotten, I think, matchup, uh, sort of a hidden gem, I think, Undertaker versus Bret Hart uh, in 1996. Ah. We all remember their matchup at SummerSlam 97, a really great matchup, but a lot of people forget or don't talk about uh, their matchup at World Rumble 96, and I haven't seen it in a long, long time, so I'm excited to revisit it and see what it was like. Uh, So you can watch along with us, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. We want to hear your thoughts about this match, so let us know. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Uh, did you think it was uh, one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life? Uh, who knows? Uh, let us know on Twitter, at TalkingTaker. On Facebook, you can find us, TalkingTaker. Uh, you can leave us a comment, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Podomatic, on YouTube, all those different places. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Alex Dorio. Uh, we want to get connected with you, and uh, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to you and your family as well.
1: If you were there at Hershey Park, Hershey, Pennsylvania, if you ate chocolate while you watched this match, please let us know. Please let us we'll know. Yeah, but again, thanks for all. Thanks for these last five months we've been doing this. We look forward to many, many more. Thank you for our fan base. It's growing. We got a lot of downloads. We're averaging over 100 downloads an episode, which is pretty cool, and it's growing. So that's we really enjoy that. Um, so might not sound like a lot to some of you, but that's a lot for us. So we, we love that. And, uh, yeah, it's going good. And Merry Christmas to everybody, and we'll take it easy. Merry Christmas, Yokozuna.